In this bulletin, regulations on vapes will see a crackdown on imports and personal use of single-use vapes. PNG's National Court overturned a ban on operations for Australian-run tour company taking tours of the historic Kokoda Track in Papua New Guinea. And the Bureau of Meteorology has issued a heat wave warnings for for Northern Territory, Queensland and Western Australia. The new arrival of the new year brings with a number of new laws, regulations and benefits for several people across the country. Almost a million Australians receiving youth, student or carer support are set to receive a 6% boost from January 1st, 2024. Youth allowance is increasing between $22 and $45 a fortnight, along with disability support pension. Meanwhile, prescription prices covered under the pharmaceutical benefits scheme are dropping, with the maximum cost for general patients falling 29%, down to $30. Despite these new measures, there are some, such as the CEO of Australian Council of Social Services, Cassandra Goldie, who say it simply isn't enough. Look, every dollar will help people who are severely financially distressed, but we need a much bigger package of relief for people on low incomes. We should be cancelling those stage three tax cuts. Uh, We cannot afford them. We need those dollars to be going to people who really need them, not people on the highest incomes in the country. The number of people that have lost their lives in 2024 on the streets of Victoria reached 296. It comes amid calls for greater law enforcement to reduce the number of casualties from traffic accidents. Data reveals the biggest reasons behind the casualties are fatigue, intoxication and people not wearing their seatbelts. The largest number of incidences took place on the country roads where vehicles are permitted to drive at high speeds, giving victims very little chance of survival. Two train drivers have died after their locomotive hit a truck near New South Wales and South Australian border. The Pacific National Freight train reportedly collided with the truck at a level crossing on the barrier highway at Bindara in rural South Australia. The spokesperson for the company has said in a statement that their highest priority is the highest level of care for the families of the drivers. They say the accident has had a profound impact across the organisation. An investigation is underway after passenger was restrained on a Qantas flight from Bali to Melbourne. Video footage posted on social media indicates Qantas staff and fellow passengers holding the passenger down after an alleged disturbance on the flight QF46 early Sunday. Australian Federal Police say they boarded the aircraft once it arrived in Melbourne and questioned the 28-year-old from Victoria. They say no charges have been laid. A major Australian-run tour company will be allowed to resume taking groups on the historic Kokoda track in Papua New Guinea after a court overturned a ban on its operations. 
Judge Susan Purden-Sully from PNG's National Court has ruled the decision to cancel its licence was invalid. Adventure Kokoda, run by Vietnam veteran and former New South Wales Liberal MP Charlie Lin, had its commercial tour operator licence cancelled in April. The company had wanted to give its fees directly to campsite owners so they could upgrade facilities to meet hygiene and safety concerns, but the Kokoda Track Authority said failure to pay would be considered breaking the law. The arrival of a new year is set to bring new rules and regulations and tweaked government benefits. At the top of the list of a new or altered policies is a ban importing disposable single-use vapes that's due to kick in on the first day of 2024. The federal government's crackdown on vapes is set to be followed with further measurements, including a ban on personal implantation of vapes due in March. The January changes aim to stop those bringing single-use vapes into the country with the ban to apply irrespective of nicotine content or therapeutic claims. This to coincide with changes to importation rules and a new access scheme will be set up to allow doctors and nurses to prescribe therapeutic vapes where appropriate. COVID infections are rising globally globally as the highly infectious JN1 strain spreads throughout communities. Cases in Australia are thought to be much higher than those reported due to low testing rates, with more than 1,400 fresh cases reported nationally over the past week. According to data from the Centre of Disease Control and Prevention, JN1 is now the most common strain of COVID-19 spreading across the US, accounting for 44% of cases nationwide by mid-December. The CDC also pointed out, however, that COVID-19 tends to peak around New Year in the winter conditions in the Northern Hemisphere. Additional surf lifesavers have been brought in from Sydney to Newcastle following three drownings in just four weeks. This comes as seven people were rescued from a rip at Burby Beach, north of Newcastle. CEO of Surf Life Saving New South Wales, Stephen Pearce, has told Channel 9 these incidences reiterate importance of following safety measures at the beach. You know, the safety message is really you have to find a place where you see lifesavers and lifeguards on duty. You know, along New South Wales Coast Line in particular, you know, we've had six drownings um, just since Christmas Day. Now, every one of those drownings have been in an unpatrolled location where there's been no red and yellow flags or no lifesavers or lifeguards. So the key message, particularly coming into New Year's, is that you need to find a beach where there is adequate supervision. Two people have drowned in the last fortnight along Stockton and Sand Dunes coastline, which includes Burby Beach. Police said a 33-year-old man drowned at an unpatrolled section of the beach at nearby Anna Bay when four people got into trouble in the water. Multiple states and territories are set to swelter in the New Year's as heat wave grips the Northern Australia. Parts of Queensland and Northern Territory and Western Australia have been put on high alert with temperatures forecast to be 8 to 12 degrees Celsius above 
average. The Bureau of Meteorology issued a heatwave warning for the Northern Territory, Queensland and Western Australia while the South faces milder weather. An extreme heatwave warning was placed for Northern Territory's Tiwi District and Kimberley, Pilbara and Northern Interior Districts in Western Australia. Temperatures in remote towns Marble Bar and Roeburn in northwest of Western Australia were expected to reach 48 degrees on Sunday. Most towns in the Northern Territory's Barkley region are expected to tip to the 40 degree mark. In international football, Manchester United have ended the year in the worst possible way, dropping yet another three points, this time Nottingham Forest at the city ground. United, who have struggled throughout the match, saw a home side take lead four minutes past the hour mark, though Nicholas Domenius managed to draw level with Marcus Rashford. But Morgan Gibbs-White scored eight minutes before the final whistle gave the win to Forrest, plunging United even further down the Premier League ladder. Manchester United manager Eric Ten Hag says he believes the team is in the process of rebuilding itself. Uh, We were overperforming last year in this year so far. Uh, We are underperforming. We have to do better. Uh, We have to step up. And yeah, I have to lead the process. Manchester United lost 21 games in all tournaments in 2023, a negative record that they have broken only three times in previous years. In Australian soccer, Melbourne Victory have ended the year on top of the A-League men's table after convincing 2-0 win over Adelaide United. Victory, who had most of the chances throughout the encounter, finally broke the deadlock with Zindine Mashash over 73 minutes. On form, Bruno Fornarali grabbed his 13th goal of the season right on 90 minutes to put the game to rest. Scorer of the first goal is Zindine Mashash, has told Channel 10 that the results from the stem from good environments in the team created by manager Tony Popovich. When I come here, the boss give me the full confidence and he give for all players confidence. And it's not easy because we are 20, 25 players, but he tried to give uh, all players confidence and we will see in the pitch all players is happy, fight for the player, enter, put someone extra and this is good. In today's weather, Broome is mostly sunny at 35, Perth is sunny at 29, Adelaide is sunny at 28, Melbourne is mostly sunny at 25, Hobart is partly cloudy at 22, Albury-Wodonga is sunny at 33, Canberra is cloudy at 27, Wollongong will have a shower or two at 24, Sydney, similar conditions, we have 26, Newcastle is cloudy at 25, Brisbane has showers at 27, Townsville a possible storm and showers at 33, Cairns is partly cloudy with 33, Alice Springs mostly sunny at 38, Darwin is much the same at 35 and the Torres Strait Islands are clearing clouds at 33. 
Welcome back. I'm your host, Nari Pakai, and you're listening to NITV Radio. Still to come on the show, an episode with NITV Radio's podcast series, Black Medicine. Remote travelling nurse Keely Starling shares her career pathway and experiences with Dr. Michaela Cooch. But first, let's take a look at some of the stories from NITV News Team. A story we also loved from NITV Newsroom this year, looking back on 2023 stories, saw Yongu woman crowned the country's top traffic controller, Samantha Everly, won the first ever Indigenous Traffic Controller of the Year Award before taking out the national gong. She's a familiar face on top-end roads, and now her hard work has gained national recognition, named the country's best Indigenous traffic controller at the annual Industry Awards Night in Brisbane. I've got um, the um, National Indigenous National uh, Awards first. Um, they're very nice, yeah, it was very amazing. Never actually received an award like that. But the accolades did not end there. Samantha was soon back up on stage, judged the overall top traffic controller in the nation. Then the um, gentleman introduced the um, Australian's award and then got called out. I actually thought the Queensland gentleman won it at first, but then my name got called out last and it was just, oh wow, it was a slap in the face, yeah. Samantha has been working in traffic control for six years and says the job is about much more than just holding a sign. And while she was surprised to take out one, let alone two industry awards, her colleagues certainly weren't. I've never seen her not smiling. She is just so much of the family that, um, you know, the work family. She's always there for people, never, ever complains about anything. Samantha hopes her achievements can help inspire more First Nations mob to take up a career in traffic management. It is good just to work with traffic control because you do get out and about, you do meet a lot of different people, uh, work with different lot of nationalities and it's just awesome just to get out and about with everyone there. Pointing the next generation in the right direction. Guy McLean, NITV News. An inspiring story about a man defying the odds in his quest to care for country in Western Australia's Goldfield region. James Tucker is a ranger turned firefighter who has discovered an innovative way of working despite managing his hearing disability. In the eastern Goldfields region of Western Australia, James Tucker starts his day doing the rounds. He works to protect country with parks and wildlife in the fire management team. It's dangerous work fighting fires and for James, the risk is greater. When we go way before from a company, when you go on, when you break in candy eye, for your kid, when you go on, maybe two years but by finding alternative ways to communicate, he gets the job done. He has a special radio. Um, that radio uh, vibrates. So when we need to talk with him or communicate with him, um, we hit that vibrating function. A tailored way of working that makes his job accessible to his needs. We've also got cards. We've got a green card and a red card. Uh, the green card basically means... 
pack up. The red card is emergency. After several years in the job, his perseverance has become a source of inspiration. Being deaf and having a hearing problem, I mean, it doesn't stop him. Nothing's too hard for him, really. Yeah, yeah. If he can give it a go, he'll give it a go. It's very inspiring um, to see someone with, with like a disability, um, with a hearing impediment, um, and just him not having, um, letting it get him down. For James, it's a love of the work that keeps him coming back. I love a good fight, bush fight, um, and like good to bush fight through around Calvary. Emma Kellaway, NITV News. Welcome back. I'm your host, Nari Pakai, and up next, a conversation with host of Black Medicine, Dr. Michaela Cooch, and travelling nurse and professional now recognisable from her growing social media presence, Keely Starling, talks her career life journey, experiences it in health and mindfulness. Welcome to Black Medicine, a podcast about First Nations health by First Nations people. I'm your host, Dr. Michaela Cooch, a proud Bundjalung woman, Indigenous doctor and health expert. Imagine you're a travel nurse in the Australian outback, dressing diabetic foot ulcers and helping patients on dialysis. Next minute, you're a TikTok sensation. Welcome, Keely Starling. Nice to talk to you today, Keely Starling. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. You're a famous sis on TikTok and Instagram, and I'm so glad that I stumbled upon your page because it brings me so much joy. I love your posts on travels, your life, and how honest you are about it. And you provide a really balanced and open view of what it's like to work in the health sector. So I love that. It's so relatable and real. Thank you so much. I'm very happy to be here and share more sides of travel nursing. And I do think it is important to share the good side and the bad side so people know what they're getting themselves into. Mm. And you do that really well. You're very real. You're very honest. And I just really respect that. Yeah, I think that when I went into this, I didn't have anyone that could answer a lot of these questions for me. I had to sort of figure it out as I went. So I'm hoping that I can share my experience and hopefully when someone does go into this for the first time, they know what they're expecting. Mm. Now, would you mind just for the audience giving us an introduction of who you are and who's Landra on today? So my name is Keely Starling and I'm currently in Alice Springs, which is the Mambatua people land which is where I am today. I'm sorry if I did not pronounce that correctly. So I am also a travel nurse and I'm an enrolled nurse and I have been doing this for just over a year now. What inspired you to get into that? What inspired me was I met someone who was also a travel nurse. She was working in Kununurra, which was my last permanent job in that town. And she came and did some relief work there and I'd met her. And I was just very curious and I was asking lots of questions because I'd never heard about it before. Mm. And she was telling me that you can work for an agency, they can pay for your accommodation, your travel fees, and you have the option of basically choosing where in Australia you want to work. And that's just something that I'd never heard of in the nursing world. I always thought when you graduate university or TAFE, you had to go and work in a hospital. 
And that's just something that I've never really wanted to do as a nurse. I felt it was very restrictive and I wanted that flexibility to sort of move around. Mm. So when she was telling me all of this, it inspired me to get into it myself. Mm -hmm. It's quite a niche area that you work in and I totally love that. You are right. There's so many benefits and positives to doing traveling while you're working. Now, it's a bit more remote than I've ever worked, which is really interesting because you, well, obviously you're in Alice Springs, but I followed you and you've worked in quite remote areas. Who are mainly your patient demographics and what is your role for them? I do really love working in remote communities. I do feel like you have a small niche of people that you're looking after and the demographics are quite similar. It also depends on which part of Australia that you are living in. For example, when I was in the Kimberley, my main demographics of patients were Indigenous and Torres Strait Islander patients. However, when I did work in Cairns, we did have a mix and quite a variety of patients. There was quite a few people from Papua New Guinea, actually, Mm. which was to my surprise. And a lot of the primary causes for their end-stage kidney disease were very similar as well. Mm. There is a lot of misconception about how people end with end-stage renal failure, and a lot of that misconception is about lifestyle factors, but there is a lot of genetic reasons such as family history of high blood pressure as well, things like that. Mm. So I really love talking about those things and breaking down those stigmas of the patients that we have. Mm. It's very important. You see just clusters of families having similar diseases running through them and I don't think we're at the forefront of the knowledge of why that is just yet. Yeah. We're really just opening that box, really. Yeah, definitely just scratching the surface of the reasons. And it would be so interesting in your role having such a variety of patients as well as cultures to learn about. Yes. Because our world and our communities are so different in their ways of life and have different family structures and everything. So it would be so interesting. Yeah, definitely. I have patients that are from different uh, traditional tribal groups and they have their own languages. And I do like to sometimes learn some words. Mm. Um, In Derby, I don't know what the name of their language was, but Galiol was a word that they said to say goodbye. So they did teach me some words, (laughs) which was lovely. That's so sweet. Yeah. On your social media, you really are at the forefront of travel nursing. And I love that, like I said, you're very transparent and give other people information to inspire them to do the same. What do you love most about travel nursing? I really love the flexibility of being able to go to different parts of Australia, experience different cultures and meet different people. I think that if you stay in the same place and you're having the same conversations day in, day out, there's not that opportunity for personal and self-growth and to get out of your comfort zone and Mm -hmm. and really stretch, you know, your ability to be open-minded. When you are in small communities and different places all the time and meeting different people and hearing their stories, it's just such a great way to live life, Mm -hmm. I think, rather than just being in that same little box your whole life. It is true. Every time you start a new job, you have to learn the people that work there, the procedures that happen, where's the facts, where's all these little things, what are these policies? Yeah. And you're continually growing your brain 
um, and learning from different experiences and you can bring them to the next role where you're like, well, I've already done some of this in this space, but now I can do it here as well in, in your way. I think it definitely advances your clinical skills and, and mm. your ability to adapt as well in that clinical setting. There's lots of times where I've gone to a new place and even though it's the same procedure such as a CVC, they do have little differences and just to know how to do it a different way, that's okay. It's their policy and their procedure that you need to follow and being able to learn that and have a rationale for that and then bring it to the next place and then say to those people, this is how we did it back then and this was their rationale and just to, you know, really learn those little nitty-gritty things. Mm, Yes, definitely. Now, the one thing that you're also really transparent about is the remuneration for travel nursing. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so basically there's different opportunities that different agencies offer. I found that when I was working in my permanent position, I wasn't being paid what I was worth and I feel like a lot of nurses do feel the same. It's such a demanding job physically and mentally and I do feel like all nurses deserve to be paid more. Unfortunately, that is not going to happen anytime soon. It's slowly happening, but slowly. Yeah. Um, So agencies have offer a higher rate. So you have a higher hourly rate and that has penalties for afternoons, weekends, public holidays. They don't offer annually, but they do offer other things such as living away from home allowance, daily food allowances. Some may offer sick leave, but because you do get such a high hourly rate, you don't get those other benefits such as annual leave. Mm. That's very similar to when you're locoming as a doctor. Yes. You're, you're like an independent practitioner who sometimes have to have an ABN and you travel and you work. Yeah, luckily my agency does organise all my tax. There are some agencies where they have third-party tax agents that organise that. Mm-hmm. I'm very lucky that my agency does organise all that for me. So it's in-house and it's a lot easier. Yeah, otherwise at tax time it's like a nightmare having to remember. Yeah, it could be quite confusing. Yes. That was part one of the episode of Black Medicine Podcast. Stay tuned for part two after the break. Welcome back. You're with NITV Radio. We return to the second part of the conversation with travelling nurse Keely Starling and Dr. Michaela Cooch from the podcast Black Medicine. Now, you are also currently studying, so you're amazing, working, studying. How do you find the time to have a work-life uni balance with all of this going on? Well, I'm only four weeks into uni at the moment. Today's actually week five. For the first two weeks, it was very, very difficult to find my feet and just sort of find my flow. I am sort of getting on top of like organising my schedule with work and uni, getting assignments done, getting through the weekly content. It is quite a lot and my social life is pretty much non-existent at the moment, unfortunately. However, I have dropped down to a 0.8 roster, which means I only work eight shifts across the fortnight. So what that could look like is maybe one week I work five shifts and then the next week I could work three as long as I'm getting eight shifts in that fortnight. 
So that gives me six days off a fortnight to really focus on my studies. And although I don't have the time to do the fun things that I would normally like to do, I I still try and prioritise it where I can. But I do also see short-term loss for long-term gain. Mm. I do believe that because nothing that is worth it comes for free. You do have to work hard. Mm. So I know it will be worth it. (laughs) Definitely. I love how you just said, oh, I've gone down to point eight, but I'm still going to do eight shifts per fortnight. I'm like, sis, that is still a lot of work. (laughs) Is that still a lot? Yes, of course, that's a lot. It's heaps. Some nurses and doctors do like two shifts a week, so four a fortnight, and then study. Like eight shifts a fortnight is tons. Oh, okay. I thought that wasn't enough. No. (laughs) You're doing so well. Gosh, give yourself credit. You're amazing. I was like, maybe I should go up to point nine, which is nine shifts a fortnight, because I feel like maybe I'm slacking off. (laughs) There's a really good reminder that if you're working hard at something that's building your career, like how much money value does that have on you? The knowledge and the remuneration in the future and all of that that you're gaining from those days of study is probably just as much as your eight shifts a week. So you're above and beyond working full time. I did work out how many hours I'm putting into uni and it's probably 20 hours a week Mm. at least. So it is a lot, but I am learning a lot and I'm actually really enjoying the content that I'm learning. The last two weeks we've been doing renal and I'm just in love with the content. I'm like, give me more. I'm like, stay me away from renal. I love (laughs) delivering babies and women's health. Oh gosh, renal's not my jam. Yeah, honestly, a lot of people don't know much about renal, but Mm. it's it's such, such an interesting part of the body. I love it. It is. It affects every part of the body and it's really, really amazing. Yeah, we were just going through the signs and symptoms of someone that has chronic kidney disease or kidney loss, injury, and it honestly all the parts of the body are affected by the kidneys and it's just amazing how Mm. that works and I just love learning more about it. That's so cool. Now, do you have any tips for our listeners who are studying nursing or are an EN thinking of going into doing the RN? study? Yes, I do. My biggest tip is don't rush to become a registered nurse if you are an enrolled nurse. I had a two-year gap of between when I got my diploma as an enrolled nurse to now where I'm doing my Bachelor of Nursing. I wasn't ready to go back to study within the last two years. I really wanted to focus on working, building my clinical skills, and I'm now at a point where I'm mentally and physically ready to get started studying again. I know that some people have that guilt of not going into the registered nursing straight away, but everyone is on their own journey and there is no time limit. People are mature age students studying nursing, so there really is not a time limit on it. And I do think that putting yourself first and making, you know, yourself and your work-life balance a priority it does make the outcome a lot smoother and easier to get through. Mm. A lot of people can burn out pretty quickly. So definitely, you know, eat healthy, go for walks, spend time with your friends and family, do all those things while you're studying, Mm. debrief when you need to. It's a very stressful degree, 
Mm. So definitely talking about it. If you can, if you're an online student and you don't have that opportunity to build like a network with your peers, then jump online um, on the Q&A and reach out to people and chat with them. Mm. You're giving some really important advice here about work-life balance, looking after your mental health and also getting ready for the job when you're supposed to be ready. There's no rush. There's no race. It's all about when it's suitable for you and when it's best for you and you might have a family already or you might have lots of home commitments. Like there's a lot in people's lives who want to do nursing as well and obviously because they care a lot and they usually are people that have lots of commitments in their normal life as well. Yes. One of my subjects for this semester is the professional role. And we talk a lot about professional readiness, but then we also talk about personal readiness Mm. and how they go hand in hand. And if you don't have personal readiness there, then you're not going to be professionally ready. They, Mm. They need to come together and meet in the middle. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for your time. How can we follow you and keep up to date with all your traveling and all your fun stuff? I want to share the good stuff with our listeners. Amazing. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I am on social media. I'm on Instagram and I'm on TikTok. Uh, My Instagram and TikTok handle is the same, Keely Starling. So if you want to follow me on there and watch my travels, I would love to see you guys there and share more about what I do. I love answering people in the comments that have questions. I'm very engaged with my audience because it's the best way to share that information. Mm. So, yeah, if you want to follow me on there, go for it. That's so good. I can't wait for the community to increase because your content is so nice and so fun and it's so real. She also does amazing makeup tutorial. Get ready with me. (laughs) They've only just started. I know, they're good. It's two birds, one stone for me. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for your time today and we'll see you online. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for spending time with me. You can find our other episodes in your podcast app or at sbs.com.au slash blackmedicine. If you'd like to get in touch, please email blackmedicine at sbs.com.au I'd like to thank my deadly uncle Clarence for his amazing work on the Didge, Mr. Rod Mori for his amazing work in the sound production, and lastly, the amazing team from SBS Podcasts. That was part two of the podcast with Dr. Michaela Cooch, host of Black Medicine, with remote nurse Keely Starling. You can find episodes like this and more on SBS Audio app or SBS Online.